0: Cause I'm gonna make this place yours.
1: Good morning, Hamilton. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show, hosted by Rick Zamprin and Philip
0: Golfe. You're supposed to say your name first, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that well, is that how it's done? That, yeah, it's a, a curveball on a Saturday morning. That's a okay. off-scripted this morning.
0: It, it's the weekend. It's uh, very much allowed. We, we have a lot of things we're going to get to today, and, and who knows? I mean, from time to time, uh, we have a plethora of topics that uh, we uh, kind of tee up, and, and sometimes we get to them, and sometimes we don't. So we hope to get to uh, things buyers do that real estate agents hate. I'm sure, Phil, you've come across a lot of the things that that we might talk about today. We'll also talk about what half a million dollars will buy you in five Canadian cities, including here in Hamilton. Um, had an interesting uh, situation with my parents who are selling their home. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. So, yeah, this all has to do with a couple who brought their kids who came to see the house and something happened. So oh, we'll wow. get into that uh, in, a little later on in the program. We'll also talk about bully offers. That made the news uh, earlier on uh, this week. But uh, to begin the day, we'll talk about pool clauses. And before we get to that, we'll remind you that you can go online to robgolfi.com. That's robgolfi.com, a host of great information, listing contact info, a great website. You can also call the golfy team at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Okay, pool clauses. So, I mean, it's not quite pool weather, but... People who have purchased their homes rather recently that have pools are going to be opening up these pools pretty soon. Yeah. So,
1: so often, you know, a pool adds just a little bit of a, a, an intricacy to a real estate transaction. Anybody who's buying a house with a pool, especially if they've never had a pool or, or, or have never put in a pool, there's often that, that frightening aspect to it. Right. So it's a whole new world. It's, and especially (laughs) when you're, when you're buying the house, you know, we have a lot of people who bought in, in February, March, March april who are now coming up upon their closings right um and and whether these pools are going to be open or, or you know whatever the situation may be it, it's often that that unknown factor right you, you can't inspect a pool in february march it's just there's just nothing to ex- inspect so you know we're, we're coming up on on these closing dates where you know sometimes people will, will add in you know the buyer um or the seller agrees to open the pool prior the, to the closing or or you know I I'm just going to go through in terms of the proper way to do it okay. and how to protect yourself. So, if you're going to buy a house that has a pool in in the winter months, often what what I do for my buyers is we we're going to make we're going to do a holdback on the closing date. So if okay. you close in in even early April or late April and the pool's not open, well that pool there's still going to be funds held in the trust account at the lawyer's office. For example. We're not going to release those funds until we know that the pool is opened by a professional, hmm. so that you are protected in the event that something has happened. Okay, right, and and it just saves you from that fear of, you know, w- the pool is one of the biggest ticket items that that comes with the house. Sure, right. It's it saves you, you know, from from that unknown in terms of when you pull off that cover that that winter cover you know, is the liner going to be ripped? What's, you know, is the pool in good working or the pool mm. pumps and all the electronics, is that in good working order? And then once you're able to get that inspected from from a, a professional pool company, and then you release those funds. Right. That's the proper way to do it. Um, and, and usually, you know, the, the, the amount held in trust would be, you know, around 3,000, 4,000. Okay. And, and it's, you know, you're not saying that there's something wrong with the pool, but in the event that there is. It's a just-in-case fund. It's a just-in-case right? because if those funds are released, you can't do anything after, yeah. right? Now you're now you're looking at lawsuits. Now you're looking at, you know, it, it, that's when it starts to get get you know hard to go after and, and protect yourself. But you want to make sure you protect yourself with with that type of clause mm-hmm. up front, right? Now we're in a situation right now. Um, they the buyer wanted the seller to open the pool prior to closing, but the closing date is is at the end of April, right? You know, on Thursday it started to snow. So my <laughs> yeah. my seller is coming to me and saying, you know, Phil, like, you know, we're not opening the pool, it's still cold out. Um and, and I said, Yeah, no no worries, we're not we're not gonna open it. But this is the way that we're gonna have to do it. We're gonna mm-hmm. have to, you know, put the, the funds in a trust account and make sure that when it is opened that you know, those funds will then be released. And right. that's that's the proper way to do it. There's nothing worse than going to a property opening your pool getting excited for summer this is your brand new house and then now, you can't now use you're it. yeah, yeah. And, and or or now you're you know you're replacing the liner or you know you're doing something because of a leak or, or right. whatever
0: so that reserve fund uh, say it is $3000 uh, say there's an issue with the pool and it costs uh, 2500 does the 500 remaining go back to the seller
1: yeah, so that's okay. something that the lawyers would go back and forth on, right? right? Um, through, through a series of letters in terms of a, a, a negotiation and say, hey, listen, you know, we found that there was X, Y, and Z wrong with it. Mm-hmm. We got a quote for this amount. This is how much we want, right? Right. Um, if there's nothing wrong with it, then yeah, release the funds. But if there's something wrong with it, that's, that's how you protect yourself yeah. and, 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 and move on.
0: How long can those funds be held? Um, for instance, uh, say there is, uh, you know, a, a buyer has bought a home, has a pool, has not opened it, uh, in May, maybe is waiting until July because it's so cold during the spring. They don't want to do so. Is there a time limit to that? Yeah. That so fund? in the, within the
1: clause you would, there is no time limit, but the lawyers would want their trust accounts cleared right. for, for specific deals just to close the file. But there's, there's, there's really no time limit, but you would put a you would put a date on that, on that clause okay. at the end of the clause, um, prior to, you know such as such date and then right. and then that that way you know you're the buyers are protecting themselves with the pool it's scary buying a buying a house with a pool especially when you can't even see it yeah. or when it's snow covered <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like hey do you have any summer pictures and and you know, all of a sudden you're getting the the pictures with uh, everybody s- yeah, the everybody yeah kids or jumping or around the- <laughs> oh here's a video of my son doing a backflip but right. as you can see you know it, it looks pretty good right yeah, so yeah. It's hard, it, and, and uh, it puts people in, in a vulnerable position. But in the end, you still want to complete the real estate transaction. So this is a way to, to uh, you know, it, it, you know, mitigate your your risk, mm-hmm. and and so all parties are happy. Now, it, sometimes it, it, it's it's hard to to understand that that kind of. Transaction and and understand that there's going to be you know just a little bit of money left over, but it, 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 that's the proper way to do it in mm-hmm. my opinion.
0: What are the most common issues with pools? Is it, it the liner? Is it the pump?
1: Yeah, I would say it's the liner. Okay. Everybody's always afraid of the liner, and um, even even something as little as the liner pulling at the corners. Right? Sometimes it's it's you know the older pools, the the the, the liners will start to pull. Sometimes it's You know, people are afraid of a rip liner. That's just because it's one of your biggest ticket items. Um, A pump is a little bit easier to replace. With a liner, you got to take all the water out. You know what I mean? It's it's a vacuum seal type of
0: thing. You yeah. gotta, so it's people are afraid of the liner for sure. Are people afraid of, maybe afraid is too harsh a word, but are people uh, apprehensive when they are not necessarily looking for a pool, but they find a house that they like and they have a pool? Are they hesitant to make an offer because of the pool aspect? Yeah. I mean, that's that's usually what happens is, is kind of,
1: you know, we love the house, but, you know, we wish it didn't have the pool. So mm-hmm. a lot of people that buy these houses weren't necessarily looking for a house with a pool. It's just, it was it was just there, and right. they ended up buying it. But um, they
0: they don't necessarily see it as a bonus, right? They see it more as a hindrance.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's is it, you know they look at it as you know a little bit more maintenance. Right. You know we we don't use the pool, that sort of thing. Um, it, it's always funny, right? It's you know you can kind of convince yourself how you want a pool when you're when you're looking. Oftentimes people people don't come to us and say, hey, you know we want a house with a pool. Right. They'll they'll say we want a house that can fit a pool, or or we want to put a pool in, uh-huh. but it's not a lot of people don't don't come and say, you know, this is what we want. We want a pool. Right. Right. So it's uh, it's a little bit different, but oftentimes you, you know, you'll talk to somebody that has a pool that bought a house with a pool and you know, now they end up loving it and they use their backyard more and right. you know, they got the whole patio set going and yeah. everything else.
0: Uh, is it uh, uh, depending on demographics obviously, an older generation may not necessarily want a pool, but if they have grandkids, maybe they do want a pool. Yeah. And, and millennials might not be looking for that? Yeah,
1: it, it, it's uh it, everything's different right every every little transaction's different but we you know i we've seen you know the the retired 50 60 70 year old people buy houses with pools and mm-hmm. and just say you know we'll hire somebody to take care of it it looks nice we want the house we'll right just, you know we'll you know it's good for the grandkids or you can you can, can you can talk yourself into buying a house with yeah. a pool but you can also talk yourself out of it as well so it's uh it's it's funny it's it's you know what I mean? It's it's part of it's part of it, right? If you mm-hmm. if you if you're looking for a certain type of house in a certain type of neighborhood, and it has a pool, you know, you're, you're probably still going to go after the house, and right. And because that's what you want.
0: How much added value would a pool add to a listing? Is it is there a certain amount? Does it depend on the pool? Yeah, I would say, in my opinion, if you're going to invest into
1: a pool, you do not get your money back. Um, we we found that if you compare, you know. Comparable neighborhoods with comparable houses and houses with that have pools mm-hmm. they're not worth you know if you if you put in a you know a sixty thousand dollar pool with the concrete and everything it's not worth it right you 're not getting sixty thousand dollars more for your house and I think people understand that um people know that and and that's you know usually when somebody puts a pool in there they're staying there for a long time they 've committed to that house and, right. and, and you know it's something that they've wanted and and something that they're gonna they're going you know adapt to and um, but, but, and, and, and on resale, it's something that they know, right. Um, that, that they're not going to get that money back. And sometimes, oftentimes if it's not maintained, right, where we see a 20, 30, 40 year old pool mm-hmm. that hasn't been maintained nicely. Now it's, it's becoming a little bit it's of a more deterrent. of an anchor than anything. Yeah, yeah. Where people are looking at, you know, oh, I got to rip this out. It's going to cost me 10 grand to rip it out and, right. and, and, and fix the backyard. So there's that aspect of it, but you know, we see with the luxury homes, the pool does add value, right? When when you're buying a you know a, a, you know over a million dollars you know sometimes people expect the pool but mm-hmm. I'm saying your standard two story you know bungalow detached right. you know, in your in your neighborhoods you know it, it's not going to make a difference the impact is negligible yeah
0: is there we got about a minute left uh, when people are looking for a house and they notice yeah okay we're now going to have a pool um, what kind of maintenance costs on, on an annual basis can they expect is it into the thousands is it just <laughs> into the hundreds does it depend um. I I know
1: if you if you get your pool professionally open and closed that alone is is a perfect and I I I everybody knows a guy that can open a pool right, right? it's not you know it's not that hard but if you're going to go the professional route and and make sure that that you do it the right way you're you're 500 bucks opening and closing right, right? Okay. so that alone so you're 1000 bucks there and then um, and then just your standard maintenance, yeah. right? It's, just you know, to run the heater and the whole I mean, bit, yeah. I mean, you know, we've come a long way from the, the chlorine-filled chemical pools to the saltwater, you yeah. know, a little bit more low maintenance, which is a lot better um, and a lot less stress on the homeowner.
0: All right, great chat about pools. We're going to have a, a good chat about bully offers and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML my name is Rick Samprin. in studio with Philip Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty the Golfie team you can call them at 905-575-7700 that's 905-575-7700 they're all over social media the handle is at Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram you can also like the Rob Golfi Facebook page subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast Google Podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts if you have a question for the Golfie team, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Send us a question, maybe even a topic idea that we can tackle on a future program. And they're online as well. Robgolfie.com is the website, a host of great information, listings, contact info. That website address again is robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about what half a million dollars will buy in five Canadian cities, including here in In Hamilton. We'll also talk about uh, what happens if a realtor's client broke something while looking at my house. Uh, But let's move to bully offers. Earlier this week, Ontario realtors or the Ontario Real Estate Association calling on the provincial government to end so-called bully offers that they say give some home buyers an unfair advantage. Rob was on uh, the Scott Radley show on CHML earlier this week talking about this, but uh, I thought we got to talk about this on the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show. So maybe we'll begin with what is a bully offer? What happens in this case?
1: Yeah. So what a bully offer is is in the event that the the realtor and the seller decide to what we call hold offers. So, so what would happen is the house would go up for sale and they would say, we're not taking any offers until a certain date. Okay. So, so this, this is when, when they give the offer instructions saying, we're, you know, we're going to be looking at offers on this Mm date. A bully offer would say, well, we're not going to wait for you until that date. You know, we're not waiting until that date to send you our offer. We're very interested in the house. We're sending you our offer right now. And you, and, and, and. On the offer, it's an, there's there's what's called an irrevocable time, so that offer will be good to a certain time, so when you send a bully offer in that offer would be irrevocable until any time prior to that that offer date which they had earlier planned sure okay so so it puts a lot of pressure on on the seller and the homeowner and we've you know we've been in this situation i've been on on the receiving end of a bully offer, and I've been on the giving end of of of, of you know I've been the one to initiate a bully offer where i've you know put in a bully offer so mm. On the receiving end of a bully offer, it, it, the whole process is, is 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 very anxious, right? Because when you receive a bully offer, usually that offer is is very good, right? right? It's somebody who really wants the house. It's somebody who 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 who's coming for and being super aggressive and mm-hmm. super ready you know, to move. They're, yeah, they're ready to move, and usually it's coming in with, you know, usually it's a good offer, something that that you want to look at. So. So what you're asking yourself is, and, and, and it's usually the other party, they're putting a lot of pressure on you and saying, hey, listen, we're going after a different property if you don't take this offer. Right. We're not going to bring this offer for you on your offer day. My clients don't want to compete. Either you take it now or this offer has gone, mm-hmm. right? So they're, they're saying stuff like that. It's a very um, hard, very, very aggressive negotiation tactic, but it's real, right? And you don't know. So, so what happens is when you're on the receiving end of a bully offer, you got to say, well, this is a good offer, but... Will I be getting something better when I wait for all the other offers to come in right. on that specific
0: date? Because the thinking is, well, if I have this offer now, what can I get when exactly. everyone else is open exactly. to the party? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and 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 so that's what you have to decide,
1: right? So you don't know. And 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 the person coming in with the bully offer, maybe you know, th- of course they want to win the deal. They wanna. They wanna. Um, they don't want to compete, right? You're giving a short, year irrevocable time, so so you don't want to compete, but you're also you know, you're coming in with something aggressive that that you know could be accepted, or or something maybe something that the clients are actually looking for. So the whole process is is neat in a way, right? It's a very it's a very it's a very neat process in terms of how it works. Now, should it be banned? Why why should it be banned? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, in my opinion, I, I I'm kind of on both ends, right? I'm kind of on the end and saying, you know, what. You know, is it fair? Does it? In my opinion, the home selling process it has to be fair, but it doesn't have to be equal, right? Right. As long as everybody knows that there's an offer. So anybody who who showed interest in the property, as long as everybody knows that there is an offer, and that there 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 everybody knows
0: of an offer presentation, because that offer presentation can be moved. So, so basically what you're saying is uh, anyone can make a bully offer. It's yeah, not open to just one that's right. realtor, one that's person. Right. So, so basically the, the presidents of OREA, the, the Ontario Real Estate Association, Karen Cox, says banning bully offers will ensure all interested buyers are able to make a fair offer on a home and allow sellers to carefully consider all bids, which, yeah, makes sense. But again, in this bully offer scenario... Uh, you you know that the offer that's coming in, uh, the the buyer wants the home. They're not fooling around. It's probably yeah. uh, you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred over asking yeah. because they really want the house yeah. and they don't want to compete with anybody else. So I'm torn. I'm torn between this, and 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 I'm on the side of well, why why should somebody.
1: You know why should be there? The, the, there's rules and regulations, but why should somebody tell somebody else how to sell their house? Right. As long as they're following all the rules, why would you? Why would we ban yeah. a bully offer? And that bully and, offer it, it,
0: might be the best offer yeah, they ever
1: get. And, and yeah, it might be. But why? Why would we ban that strategy in, in terms of telling somebody else to sell themselves? Yeah. If if they still follow all the other rules and regulations and making sure that everybody knows that there's an offer and that they might be accepting an offer that night, then it's it's fair. It's yeah. it's you know what I mean. And on the other side, it's it's. You know, I can see the other side of it because we've been in that situation too, where somebody says they're they're holding offers, you know, and and you know I'll go back to my clients and say, hey, you know, they're holding offers until Sunday night. Then all of a sudden, I get a, I get an email Saturday afternoon saying the house is sold, mm-hmm. and now my clients didn't even get a chance to to bid on it right. or, or present an offer. No, that's illegal in terms of the RECO rules and regulations. That would be illegal. That person, that seller would have to let me know and my clients know that they're presenting an offer and they might be accepting an offer prior to that offer date, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's, without... that's, that's, that's the problem here is, is people that are accepting offers prior to the offer date and not letting everybody else know about that specific offer. Right.
0: So if they were to send you an email to say, hey, we're, we're holding, uh, you know, we're, we're going to present this offer to to the buyer, would you have the opportunity to... Present an, an enhanced offer price? That's right. Okay. That's right. So so
1: how it's supposed to work. If somebody goes in with a bully offer and the clients end up seeing that bully offer and they're like, you know what, let's take a look at this. We might consider selling it. That agent has to let everybody know and say, hey, listen, we're not presenting the offers on such day. We're doing it today or we're doing it tonight. Right. And give everybody the opportunity to So there's to the fairness aspect. And that's right. and that's and that's the aspect of this article. Is is that's where it derives from is people are are holding offers until, you know, let's call it Monday night. But on Saturday afternoon, they're getting a really good offer and they're getting anxious and they're saying, well, we got to take this yeah. now. And then they're accepting it on the spot, right. but not giving everybody else a chance. So that's the problem. And the way to fix that is is making sure that that realtor, and, and why wouldn't that realtor go around and tell everybody else that they're accepting an offer? Yeah. It, it makes no sense and it's happened to us, but wouldn't you want to generate another it's offer? It's only going to benefit it, the seller, and, right? And, and, and what, you know, what about the offers that you're not seeing, right? But there it, it, it's you're in that anxious position mm-hmm. that you don't you know what I mean? You're getting pressure from the other party. Maybe your clients have said, hey, listen, you know, this is our goal, this is our price, this is what we want, and that's what that offer is. It's that yeah. exactly what they want. So right. so it's you know, they're just taking it. So I, I get it, I get it, but I, I would say there is a problem when the other realtor, the selling agent and the selling party does not let the other buyers know of the interested parties. That they do not let them know of, of that specific bully offer.
0: Mm-hmm. When things are done correctly, is it more often than not that that bully offer is accepted by the home seller? More often than not, it is. Okay. Because
1: that, so so you can get a bully offer, and if it's not good, you're, you're just going to let it, it. You wouldn't tell anybody. You're just going to let it expire and right. say, hey, you know, you'll tell the other realtor and say, hey, you know, you know, we're going to wait until the presentation, mm-hmm. right or right. But if it's good, that's when you initiate it right that's when you want to deal with it that's when you're that's when you're gonna you know take it into serious consideration yeah. um and oftentimes if somebody's that motivated and that interest that interested where they want to where they want to go after it it better be good mm-hmm. right and and if it's not then
0: you're wasting everybody's time is there a? a, a I guess a a level of over asking that a bully offer will not be considered so i mean if you're coming in say house is up for sale for four hundred thousand, and this bully offer comes in at 415 is that not enticing enough to right so every situation is different but yeah. I you're
1: the strategy around this is you obviously want to reach a goal you have a goal in mind so obviously you know if you're going to hold offers you want to the reason for holding offers is you want to make sure the first person that shows up to the property doesn't give you an offer and, and Nobody else saw, yeah. right? Yeah. Holding offers means you want to get a number of parties through and give everybody a chance to get you the best offer. Mm-hmm. Now, w- what what happens is is you know that bully offer, yeah, it's going to be good. But but if you have that goal in mind and say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to list that at 399.9, nine nine. Our goal is to get four right. fifty, right? Or sometimes the goal might be only to get four ten or four twenty. If that if if you can reach your goal. In terms of what you want, then yeah, sure, you might you might consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everybody will have an idea of of where they're going to end up, right? Everybody will say, you know, we're going to end up between here and here, yeah, um, based on on the neighborhood statistics. That's when in twenty seventeen when when the doors were were being blown right, right. off, right? Because the didn't, stats didn't we mean we didn't anything. know yeah. we didn't know like we would put a house up for four hundred and we were getting like five twenty, yeah, and and that's sixty thousand dollars more than the highest sale in that neighborhood and then right. and then the neighbor would go up and he would get 540 yeah right so it's you. so <laughs> and you're like well in 2017 no the comparables. <laughs> in 2017 exactly yeah. in 2017 you don't know and, and you're kind of pitching the aspect is hey listen you know we don't know where you're going to end up but what we're trying to do is put you in the best position to get you the most amount of money for your house yeah. and then on on sunday night or monday after or monday night we're going to hopefully have you know, four, five, six, seven offers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to pick the best one because that's the best strategy that suits this market and suits your house,
0: right? 2017, we had uh, multiple, multiple offers. Uh, Were there a lot of bully offers in 2017? Yeah, there were. There were some. And, And in my opinion, 2017
1: wouldn't be a time to to take that bully offer, mm-hmm. right? Because you would want to you want you want to make sure that everybody coming from the GTA have the entire weekend to get through the house, right? right? You would want you would want uh, you know a lot of the parties to have a chance to get through the house and, and and the opportunity to present an offer. Now we see it a little bit more because, um, you know, our market isn't as as hot. It isn't as is you know powerful as as it was in 2017 now it's still the stir- the strategy still works as i said before the strategy works on certain types of properties and certain types of price ranges mm-hmm. um and, and and but it's not as you know overwhelming as it was before and and you know before you know 15 offers like you know there's still those examples those anomalies but it's not as much
0: mm-hmm. right so if bully offers were uh, illegal say say they took it off the table how would this change the game would would you see uh, prices come down a little bit.
1: No, I, I don't think it would affect the price. I think it would affect buyers making impulse decisions. I think, <laughs> well, yeah, in my opinion, I think this would, it would this would protect buyers more, right? Um, which would mean, well, you know, if a seller, if a seller, obviously, the seller's goal is to get them the most amount of money for their house. And, yeah. If somebody, you know, if somebody brought in a bully offer and it was exactly what they wanted or over what they wanted, why would we stop them from being able to take that? Yeah, you know, yeah. why would you put a rule or regulation and to stop a seller from taking an offer on their property? Yeah. They're the ones who are selling it. As long as the realtor's following the rules and guidelines of RICO, why would we create a new rule that would stop a seller from doing it? I yeah. I, I just think it, I think it's, it, I understand where, where it comes from. I understand why we're having this conversation, and why we're talking about it. I, I completely get it. I think it's I think it's there's a proper way to take a bully offer and that's that's you know what I mean it's there's a proper way to do it mm-hmm. um if if there is a bully offer and i i just it, it results from people not you know doing it the proper way they're they're taking the offer and they're not advising every other real estate party or every other person who's been interested in the property that they are taking the bully offer
0: and giving them a chance to, to compete. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the association makes out with uh, that uh, recommendation or that call. Uh, let's switch gears here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Again, Rick Sampern in studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com or call them at 905-575-7700. My parents' home, (laughs) their their house is up for sale. They're in the Brampton area. First week, first couple that comes through the door for a showing, uh, they bring their two kids with uh, their realtor, uh, obviously a family of four. And uh, it turns out that one item in the home was destroyed. Uh, Apparently one of the kids was playing with it and uh, it, it broke. So uh, what are we, t- what, 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 item, what, what are we talking, what type it's, of- hard, it's hard to explain. It's a, it's a glass, spear like item with like a swirly thing at the end. I'm not sure what it's <laughs> called. It's, it's a decorative was, piece. Was it sentimental? Was it, it was sentimental. Oh, wow. So there was a, a set, there's two of them that my daughter, my daughter, my sister gave to my mom years ago. Right. So she had laid them out on this table just to, you know, kind of enhance yeah. like, you know, the, the decorative appeal to it because they are pretty fancy. <clears throat> so apparently, one of the uh, children was playing with it and s- smashed it. I mean, this was made of glass, and, and maybe the maybe the child didn't realize that it was made out of glass and was really fragile. But uh, uh, long story short, it broke. Now I'm not sure how it's been resolved at this point because I haven't talked to my mom about it. But uh, is it is the realtor responsible for that? Is it the family that was visiting the home? How do they? Is there compensation involved? How does that work? Here's what I'm going to say. Okay, people, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Yeah. Like if you're a realtor, mm-hmm.
1: you got to speak up. If you see a kid or a child or or, or doing something in the house, yeah. you got to speak up. Right. Like it shouldn't have never gotten to that. I understand accidents happen. Sure. But it, whether you're a parent and you're bringing your, your, your son or daughter through somebody else's home or whether yeah. you're an agent – if if the parent isn't saying anything, yeah. the agent's got to step in. Right, I'm right? not
0: even at the worst part yet, but, <laughs> but continue. <laughs> the agent the
1: agent's got to step in. Like yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like, let's go. Like, you can't walk through somebody else's house and watch somebody else touch and grab and you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. So, uh, it, one, this should have never happened. But but obviously, we're talking about if it does happen. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those conversations that that who's responsible, right? right? So obviously the 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 culprit is is that party. So now the right. agent and the and the buyer are gonna go have, have to go back and forth, and, and find a way to replace it. Yeah. Now I don't know if there's any rules or or whatever has it happened before. Yeah, for sure.
0: Probably a million times? Yeah. yeah. L- let's take a break. We'll uh, continue this discussion uh, when we come back. And I'll tell you about what I think is even worse than the item being broken uh, when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML.
1: These places and these spaces I
0: can't even know. So I'm going home you're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin In studio today with Philip Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfe.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Past episodes at RobGolfi.com and... 900 chml.com. And if you have a question for the golfy team, you can email questions at robgolfi.com. still to come. What half a million dollars will buy you in five Canadian cities, including here in Hamilton. Before the break, we were talking about an item that was broken by uh, a child during a viewing at my parents' house uh, earlier in the week. So basically a family of four, two children. Uh, the item has uh, very much sentimental value to my mom and uh, it was smashed. So here's the worst part is that when my parents come home after the showing, my mom notices that this item is missing. Uh, it's nowhere to be found. There's no trace at all. And so she calls her realtor to yeah, say, right hey. away. Yeah, right away. And uh, say, hey, listen, the, you know, there's an item missing. What happened? So my parents' realtor called the other realtor to say, hey, there's an item missing. What happened? And that's when that realtor understood that the item was broken and it was swept away into the garbage. But there's no evidence at all that this thing was broken because there's no pieces in a garbage can. So oh
1: my goodness
0: we don't exactly know if it was broken or if it or if it was stolen it's just now, gone, yeah, it's just gone, so I, you know I'm sure they're taking them for the word that it was broken and it was disposed of, but still uh, at the end of the day you're thinking that the couple who came in to see the house should be responsible to pay for it Oh, oh one hundred percent yeah, all one hundred percent now
1: what I do is what i'm showing properties with, with young children i you know, every time a a child sees a nice, clean, decorated bed, it's like they just want <laughs> to jump on jump it. it. <laughs> or, or if they see something that you know, something that looks expensive, like they just want to touch. It. Right. And I get it, right? I was that, that same kid. So, do you so, do you
0: tell the parents before you enter the house to say, "Hey, listen, you know, hands off"? Uh, usually, from my experience, usually the parents that I have
1: shown are very good. Okay, they're very they're very stern and say you know any any anything uh, you know a little bit out of the way they'll, they'll get on them and right. and they'll and they'll let them know but what i do is i'll entertain the kids Right, so I'll you know I'll, I'll Keep you them know, busy. Ha- hang out with them in in a, in a room and talk to them and, yeah. and and try and entertain them while the parents have the ability to to be able to walk through the house right. and 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 it's little things like oh like you know let's go see your new bedroom like s- stuff like that you kind of right. make it fun and, and exciting for the kids to do the walk through while the parents are you know having their own private conversations yeah. and and inspecting the property themselves so you know just because I that's one of the worst you know that call. It is so hard right mm-hmm. it's, it's such a sensitive topic and and how you know how do you deal with it yeah. right and it's it's something that you don't want to deal with and something that you, you you try not to deal with but but a way that that's that's how I try to deal with it is right. is just entertaining the kids and and uh <laughs> and i've seen <laughs> in some instances i've seen i've seen you know the kids stay in the car the mom walks through the house and the dad will be in the car <laughs> and with then, the kids and then the, and then the dad <laughs> comes through rotate. the house and oh, that's wow. perfect that's a great it's perfect and yeah. and it's just it's cuz they know right? right they're like if we bring little billy through yeah. you know he's going to turn this he's place upside tyranton. down yeah. right <laughs> or you know some of the, some of the best parts is when you you know you walk through a house and and when a when a child sees another person's toy room right it's like it's they want to like play with the toys. Oh yeah. yeah, and that's easy, right? Yeah. It's it's you know oh yeah, just go you know go play in that little kitchen. Just make sure you're clean when you know you clean it up when you're done, and, right? And that's easy. And don't too. take anything. Yeah, and don't take anything. <laughs> and that's easy. But but it's um and 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 not even just you know we're talking about children, right? Like it, yeah, I mean there, there's no there's, ill intent. Yeah. Right? So yeah, so I mean you try to set up your house in, in a way that it you do know, it's not damageable. Right. Um, I've seen people, you know, where they would go to open the door and they pull the door handle right off, right? Oh, like stuff stuff like that happens. It's yeah. a little bit more fixable than, than a glass chinaware, right? right? But but like I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. Yeah. Um and, and it's not gonna be the first time, it's not the last time. Right. Um
0: funny that it was the first showing. Like this is the first yeah, couple to come through the house and a, it's like, what, oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: it's just you, you just gotta put you know, try and make sure that it doesn't happen, right? It's yeah. just it's hard. It's hard. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm sure my mom has put the other piece away yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, just before the break, we'll tee this one up here, and we'll tackle it when we come back. So this is, uh, I believe, it's a Maclean's uh, magazine article that showcases what half a million dollars will buy. This you is interesting.
1: I like this. In
0: in five Canadian cities, and Hamilton is listed amongst one of the uh, five cities. So the others are Quebec City. Uh, Vancouver, Regina, and Edmonton. So a real cross-section from across this country on what $500,000 can buy you. And and the differences in homes are stark. And, you know, it it begs the question, and I'm sure Canadians are asking this, you know, why does a house in Hamilton worth $500,000 look like this, where you can go to Quebec City and it looks like this? So Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that when we come back. After the break, you're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with uh, Philip Golfe. I almost said Rob Golfy. Uh, sales representatives with Raymax Escarpment Realty, the golfie team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Robgolfi.com is the website. That's RobGolfi.com. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at RobGolfe. And be sure to like the Rob Golfe Facebook page. Some great videos, listings, a host of information uh, online on their Facebook page. As well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, past episodes online at robgolfie.com as well as 900CHML.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or you have a topic idea that you want us to discuss on a future program, you can email questions at RobGolfy.com. That is questions at RobGolfy.com. All right, so you have half a million dollars to spend. You want to buy a home in Canada. Where should you look? So what will $500,000 buy in five Canadian cities, including here in Hamilton? There's a recent McLean's Magazine article that lists uh, really the differences that half a million can get to. And Hamilton is on the list. And the average price in Hamilton, Burlington, now well over $500,000. So things are getting pretty pricey, depending on, obviously, the the, the neighborhood that you're looking in. So we'll start in Quebec City, where $500,000 can Almost get you a luxury home. Uh, The example that they give is a newly built four-story condo that gives buyers more than 1,300 square feet of airy rooms and 14-foot ceilings. So this is basically a luxury condo in Quebec City for half a million dollars. You you take this and you plunk it in Toronto or Vancouver and you're (laughs) close to a million. It's just so interesting how, you know, you know, five hundred thousand is that is that
1: buzzword. It's it's kind of if you bring the average Canadian income, you know, household income, it, it often allows you to afford something around the five hundred thousand mark. So mm-hmm. usually, the you know, in terms of just average, that's that what people are looking for. And and, and it's interesting to see what you know what each city offers for five hundred thousand, yeah. right? It's it's just it's crazy, and often people compare. You know, they'll compare the GTA to Hamilton to to, to Niagara Falls, and even those comparisons all within a, an hour driving distance. Completely are different. Completely, like, yeah. just completely different,
0: yeah. Uh, this uh, Quebec City uh, condo, again, for $500,000, offers a private balcony with some outdoor space and uh, is twice the space you'll get for a similar condo in uh, Toronto or Vancouver. Uh, we'll save Hamilton for last, even though it's second on the list. Uh, Vancouver... <laughs> this is this is hilarious. Four hundred thirty-five square feet. This is four hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred dollars. So shy of five hundred square feet. This condo unit just steps away from downtown Vancouver. So the the, the location's amazing. Yeah, uh, built just five years ago. A sleek uh, kitchen and bathroom. Um, a decently sized outdoor patio. And the listing boasts the uh, rent per month could be up to $1,800. $1,800 wow. per month downtown Vancouver. For, for 500 a, square for feet. For under... F- yeah. Wow. C- compared to Quebec City, I mean, you're yeah. getting uh, almost five times as much home. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Let's go to Regina. four ninety dollars So the same price as Vancouver. So now you're up to 1,582 square feet. This is a two-story home. Detached. Yeah. In the city's River Heights neighborhood. Three bedrooms... Three-bath, thoroughly modern space, built just a year ago in a pristine and sleek fashion, very modern, uh, and, and again, uh, steps away from major parks, great location in terms of being close to schools. Mm-hmm. So compare that to Vancouver. I mean, holy moly. Wow. You're getting so much more house, yeah. and the location's great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Edmonton, 499999 so just a dollar shy of half a million dollars. It offers the most square footage 2470 square feet that is a big house for half a mil It has four bedrooms three baths plenty of room to stretch out in as well built six years ago and it offers a newly renovated kitchen hardwood floors the backyard comes with nice landscaping that sounds like a decent place for half a million dollars and then we get to hamilton all right, 499999 Plenty of, sure of bang for your buck. Bang for your buck is that, what you that's, say. That's what McLean says. I, <laughs> I think the people here would, would disagree. It calls it a, uh, this Hamilton uh, home a cozy Hamilton bungalow, which manages to fit four bedrooms, two bathrooms, into its 869-square-foot space. That is a lot of bedrooms and baths for a small <laughs> amount of, of room. Uh, newly renovated kitchen to consider, finished basement. Uh, the best-selling feature, according to this article, is its spacious 50 by 150-foot lot. Not a very big house for no. a pretty big lot. No. Uh, and a three-season room off the back of maybe the house. It, so, maybe a teardown in the future. Probably. Yeah. It's more or less a we Might have a sleep-in kitchen instead of an <laughs> eat-in kitchen. <laughs> exactly. So looking at these homes, we got Edmonton, Regina, Vancouver, Hamilton, Quebec City, um, I mean, you can pick your, uh, obviously if you want a condo, the Quebec city, probably one is, yeah. is, is a great buy, but for the detached house in Edmonton, that seems like a steal for half a million. Yeah. The question is, and I referenced this off the top, why are prices so different in, in these different communities?
1: Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it often comes to, to jobs, right. And, and people, you know, where, where are the jobs as people often go to where the jobs are and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's kind of what it results as people, you know. A lot. Toronto has the big jobs, has the big high paying salaries. That's what you know. That's that's where the the jobs are, and so people want to live closer to their job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's often you know comes with you know infrastructure, transit. There's right. all there's all those different things um, that that we're still trying to figure out in terms of um, you know where people want to live and and how they want to live. But I would say, you know, instead of people w- we've transitioned in a way where instead of people moving closer to the jobs, the jobs are moving closer to where the people are, hmm. right? And and that's, you know, it's it's interesting to see the big investments from from these multinational companies that are moving towards Hamilton because mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a more efficient way to to build a um, you know, an office space or build a a, a plant or build a project. Because we have the people that can support it, right. um, in terms of you know a high level of edu- of education and a high level of experience that can support those jobs, and and it's a you know a, a, the cost of living here is much cheaper than Toronto, so it's easier to recruit that way. So I think it's it's transition where where people aren't going to where the jobs are, where the jobs are coming to where yeah. the people are. In
0: thirty seconds or less, uh, what city is most comparable to Hamilton? I would say right now. Would it be Burlington? I mean, right beside each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean in comparison in what way though, like Well
0: in terms of price, look at what you know, best bang for your buck. Or, you know, you, yeah,
1: I think I think Hamilton's an anomaly. I love Hamilton. Yeah. It's
0: it's you know, I don't think
1: it's the Burlington. Burlington's a little bit smaller. I think Hamilton offers, you know, very similar what what, what Burlington offers, but just, it's just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit more cost efficient
0: we got to go. Uh, Phil, thanks for coming in. Say no hi to Rob. We'll get him uh, next week. And you can listen to the Hamilton Real Estate Show next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML.